Good morning, friends. It is a delight to gather for worship, to celebrate All Saints Day on All Saints Day, on November 1st. All Saints Day is the day in the Christian calendar when we remember those who have both gone before us in the faith and those who are currently mentors and those we look to as examples in the faith. As part of our service today, we will be remembering those saints above and saints here with us. If you are present here in the chapel, you will have opportunity to do that through candle lighting. If you are joining us virtually, you may want to go ahead and get a small candle or tea light and a note card that you can use for journaling later in the service. And as we gather, we know that this as all days is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's stand as we sing our opening hymn, number 10.
Let us remain standing as we join together in our opening prayer. Merciful God, write your words on our hearts so that we might live them with each and every step we take. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Our gospel reading is found in Voices Together as a responsive reading. It will also be here on the screen. I will read the light print and we will respond together with the bold. Jesus gathered together his disciples and as he taught them, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. A hymn that in many circles signifies All Saints Day more than any other is For All the Saints. So let's stand as we sing 672.
a gift to introduce you, Ashley. Reverend, Reverend, let's get it right, Ashley Eisternhagen is a United Methodist elder ordained in 2020. She presently serves St. James United Methodist Church in Pleasant Valley, just southeast of Harrisonburg. She received her Master of Divinity from Wesley Theological Seminary in 2016, and her first appointment out of seminary was to three churches in the North Amelia United Methodist Charge near Richmond, Virginia. From 2018 to 2021, she served as associate pastor at St. Luke's United Methodist Church in Yorktown before coming to St. James. Ashley is a fiber artist. I've seen some of that artwork. She works with wool, with yarn, and threads, and she enjoys, as a part of this discipline, seeing how God weaves lives and experiences together in love. I want to note that she also is a student in the Eastern Mennonite Seminary Spiritual Direction Program. It is in this ministry practice that I have had the privilege to observe her gifted listening and compassionate hospitality with those who trust her through the program supervisory process. And right now she's leading a small group in Sacred Pause for undergraduate class. Bless you, Ashley, as you come. Thank you, Kevin. Friends, would you please pray with me? Holy and most gracious God, we, your children, have gathered in this place, both physically and virtually, to receive a word from you. Humbly, I ask that you bless these words. Bless the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts gathered here, that they may be pleasing to you, Lord, for you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what is a saint? I don't know about you, but when I was little, I imagined saints to be something like angels. You know, spotless white robe, never made a mistake in their lives. And my mother's side of the family is all Catholic, so this really didn't help me in my image of saints. They would be on medals or on candles, and I began to picture them as heroes who were from much long ago, heroes that I would never come across in my daily life. Ultimately, I started to believe that sainthood was something I would never truly achieve. I mean, how did one even meet someone like this? When I was in youth group in my home church, there was a process for matching the younger folks with our older members in the church. And although most of my peers only met with their mentors once or twice along the way, I found myself visiting with my mentor monthly. 
I don't remember how it all started, but she would call my house and arrange somewhere between every four weeks for us to sit for a few hours and chat. And so as a teenager, every month, I found myself sitting at the dining room table of my mentor. She would always serve me something to eat, iced tea and a cold sandwich of some kind, and at the time, I really didn't like any of that. I really didn't have the heart to tell her that I was not a fan of tomatoes or mayonnaise or iced tea that was not sweetened. But I simply sat and I ate with her instead. And as we ate, she would tell me a story about her life. Sometimes it was a story from when she was my age, when she lived out in the mountains of Virginia. And the way that she would tell the story, it it would transport me to a different time. Everything in that time was somehow hard. But in the midst of the story, it didn't seem like hard was all that bad back then. Often she would tell me stories about her family, her friends, and her husband who had passed. She had lived through many wars, raised many children, and had learned how to drive later in life because women simply didn't have to drive in her generation. My time with my mentor changed as I grew up and as I graduated and I began my career, but we stayed connected throughout all of that time. She understood the value of photos and writing and receiving mail. I remember getting her special cookies around this time of year. They were these waffle-shaped cookies with icing on top with maple. They rarely shipped well, but I had no problem finishing every single bit of the crumbled pieces that would get there. She told me that she loved me, that she supported me, that she prayed for me, which shaped me into the minister that I have become. But above all of these things, she told me the truth. She was not perfect, and her life had been a rather difficult one. She never painted herself better in her stories than she was. And for that alone, I deeply loved her. Over time, I started to wonder if in her presence, I had actually experienced a saint. In today's reading... Jesus climbs up a mountain and begins to preach one of the most powerful sermons of all time. He preaches with intense, short phrases of truth that flip the logic of our world on its head. And just like society today, the society of Jesus' time believed that God's blessings were a visible thing visible in prosperity, in abundance, and in safety. The rich were the blessed ones. The ones with the biggest harvest were the most children, or the ones who never had to worry about disease or theft or loss 
Those were the people who God had blessed. But the Beatitudes show that it was actually the opposite in God's time and world. It was the people who had lost, the people who were hungry, suffering, the ones who felt their lives had spiraled beyond their control. Those were the ones that God chose to bless. Jesus' sermon is filled to the brim with Hebrew Bible references, and he simply could have quoted those references for those people, but he chose to do something different. He chose to sample from the most deeply prophetic voices of his time. He chose to review Isaiah's call that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. He chose to sample from the Psalms, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The meek. And he chose to sample from Hosea. For I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And unlike so many preachers, Jesus chooses not to cite these scriptures directly, but instead he leaves these profound statements to speak for themselves in the way that he lived among us. The Beatitudes are not powerful because of this scholastic aptitude of our Lord, but because he embodied the process of God dwelling within them. And when we look throughout our New Testament witness, how many stories for us are preserved of Jesus living into God's presence with us in these attributes. Any examples come to mind? I think of the story of Jesus blessing those who mourn over Lazarus and comforting them, mourning with them, I think of Jesus blessing those who are hungry and thirsting for righteousness on numerous occasions. And when I think of that, I'm reminded of Nicodemus coming in the cover of night, asking Jesus, how is this so? How can this be? And then there are, of course, the literal feeding stories of the 5,000. This list goes on. Jesus is the word of God made flesh and calls us to embody that same word with our very lives. Which leads me back to our discussion of the saints. My mentor lived the full ups and downs of life and somehow was propelled to transformation when she experienced Jesus. 
And this transformation for her was so compelling that she simply had to share it with everyone, and me included. In sharing her faith, she never told me exactly what to believe or think or how to live my life, but simply shared how she had tried to do so throughout her own. She also shared where she felt that she had fallen short, which is the kind of sainthood I believe God calls all of us to in this lifetime. Friends, we do not need more stained glass stories about perfectly faithful people who have accomplished big, huge things. If it is the poor in spirit who are the blessed ones, then it is their story that we need to hear. If it is those who hunger for righteousness that are the blessed ones, we need to hear those stories even as they are struggling, even as they are still hungering for God. If it is the grieving the painfully ordinary, and the disappointed that inherit God's kingdom. We need those stories. Where would we be without them? Where would we be if those stories were left untold? When we remember the saints of our lives, we remember the impact that each one of them has had on us. We are reminded of how we become better people because we knew them, we walked with them. And I will be completely honest with you, 14-year-old Ashley was not patient, was not willing to slow down, was not as willing to listen as I am today. My mentor showed me the importance of story and how God transforms us in the sharing. The hard truth is, my friends, that we rob our community by thinking that we are not capable of being saints here and now because all of us have been blessed with a story and many stories. We all have stories to share even as they are unfolding in our lives. And I want you to think about how simple such a sharing can be and how simple it can be to make an impact in our world. I would like to challenge us all in this season to share our stories as they are happening. Let us be vulnerable with one another so that in seeing how Jesus is present to us, we might learn a little bit more about how Jesus is active in our midst. Let's not wait for our next funeral to share. The time, my friends, is now. Someone may need your story right now. One of my favorite All Saints hymns 
is, I sing a song of the saints of God. We will be singing this later in our service. But it is my favorite because it tells of saints mighty and brave as well as those who toil and fight for each day. The refrain kind of pulls it all together for us. They were all of them saints of God, and I mean God helping to be one too. Let us go forth from this place thankful for those everyday saints in our lives. And let us thank them by becoming one too. Let this be so. Amen. My friends, in response to this word, I want us to take a couple of moments to pair up and to maybe share a reflection or a story from one of our mentors in faith with a neighbor. After this time, if you feel so led, you might come up and and light a candle and place this candle in the sand as a physical reminder, as a physical reminder that as we share stories together, the light of Christ burns brighter in our midst and in our world. For those of us who are joining virtually, you are invited now to journal a story about a mentor in faith, about an impact they've made on your life. And when you are finished, you might also light a candle with us. Let us go forth to share. The presence of the saints is palpable in this room at this moment. What a gift to share this time and space, this memory of those who mean so much to us. Our final hymn is found in the United Methodist Hymnal. If you did not pick one up 
on your way in and you want the sheet music, please make sure to do so. The lyrics will be on the slides here. Let us stand as we sing this song that Ashley referenced for us. As we prepare to go forth today, a reminder that next week we will be celebrating a poetry and praise chapel. So to all poets or those who love poetry, an invitation to submit poems to me by email by the end of the week. And you can come and speak your poem and say a few words about why it is meaningful to you, perhaps a verse of scripture that would accompany that. We have heard today of the saints. We have spoken of our saints. And now we are called to go into the world and be saints. And so let us go, being everyday saints, to those we meet. Amen.